0: Oscar Poker.
1: The habit, cold turkey, no AA meetings, went with the jerky, didn't lose a lick of sleep, them urges was not working, I can see the road clear when I'm sober, you're still hurting, don't want to see your tears no more, you're still curving, I'm sideline curbing. the word is doing you dirty,
2: might have been the one that was wrong, but I'm like fuck it, you do better all alone on your own, trust me it's nothing, you didn't want it when it's all in your face, stop front it all a secret, it'll just bring hell You and I both know that the ship's been sailed Now I'm sober, I'm sober, and I'm all over it No more hangovers, I think I gotta hold on it Don't even hit the flashback, go ahead, past that My stock is going up, I'm starting to look like Nasdaq I'm sober, I'm sober, and I'm all over
0: it No more hangovers, I think I gotta hold on it look back to see if you cry i never
2: look back to see if you die. I never can enough to so one how you felt after I let you I never look back to see if you fail.
1: Hey, hey good morning guys. So, yeah, Phil. sorry to be uh kind of rushed, but it's it's okay. insane. Don't it's a uh, it's a crazy weekend. Um we have uh this is a pretty vigorous weekend that uh some people didn't anticipate.
2: Uh I was kind of um not surprised that um, one of the big uh, uh, performers this weekend, uh, Safe House, which I thought was a really entertaining well made film, nothing special, nothing, certainly nothing original, but uh, you know pretty engaging and I did not feel burned that did uh, they all did pretty well a um, uh, surprise. I mean, I just didn't think any of them would be as big as this what do you How do you explain and what, what what's your reaction to all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it just popped. I mean, it this feels almost like a a weekend in the summer, or you know, during Thanksgiving or Christmas. I mean, for you know, four movies to be above twenty million, and and they're all newcomers, is pretty insane. I mean, because there's you know, it it obviously shows that there's plenty of room in the market for you know everything right now, Um, and and that people were really hungry for something to see. But I mean, yeah, I you know, for because there's a weird. There's not a full-on overlap between Safe House and The Vow, but it's the fact that they're both gunning for, you know, adult audiences, you know, over 35 um, or, or in their mid-20s, and, and they both did well. Um, now, for those,
2: Phil, for those who are not attuned to, um, to the box office news, could you list the four films that did so well uh, just, just for the basics, for you know, people who are not? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, the, the Vow did 41.7. It's going to be number one. Uh, safe house right now is at 39.3 uh, journey to the mysterious island which I thought was going to bomb um, it, it did 27.5 Jesus. and then yeah <laughs> and, then, and then Star Wars did 23 which those two the, the connection there is pretty crazy because you know Journey 2 and Star Wars they're both gunning for kind of you know families and, um, and they, they both hit it really big I mean and for Star Wars I mean I don't want to get off on like a. I might as well talk about that now, real quick. But for Star Wars, which, you know, this is the movie I think in, in the saga that everybody hates the most, probably. So for that to do 23 million, I mean, you know, what does that say about what Return of the Jedi can do and Empire Strikes Back and, you know, a oh, new wait, Hope?
0: Wait, wait, wait. Which Star? Are you talking about the first Star Wars?
1: Yeah, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, the first prequel. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. oh the prequel. Okay, I get them all confused. He what did he call the the first Star Wars? He renamed it something, right? He
2: called it a New Hope episode okay. four. All
0: right, that's the that's the only one I really love besides Empire Strikes Back. All the rest of them shit can't. No, <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so that's not what you're talking about, right? I'm sorry, I'm so out of it, but um, you're Phantom Menace is number one. Uh, Phantom Menace is not the first movie, though. It's not a New Hope. That's all I have to no. say. Okay, new fine. Po- no, hope, I'm sorry, it sounds so stupid. Four.
2: And the best of the series uh the Empire Strikes Back is episode 5, which I would go to see in a heartbeat if they put that on in 3D. So Phil, well, we, we,
0: they're, went they're see, um, yeah. we went to see um we went to see Safe House yesterday in a matinee and it was packed. Uh-huh. It was packed with so many yeah. like such a di- such a diverse audience, you know. I guess I'm I'm just so used to living in this bubble of movie bloggers, you know, you always see like you know 30-ish white guys. But Safe House, man, it drew every every kind of demographic you can imagine: old people, well, young people, black people, white people, Hispanics. You know, just all sitting there because you know it's Denzel, I guess, right? Because he draws them in.
1: Yeah, I mean Denzel Washington. I mean, on his own, you know, he had his, the last movie he did was Unstoppable, and that did like twenty million. And he didn't really have anybody huge backing him up. It was just Chris Pine. Um, so now with this movie. You know, you, he, he's he got a level of trust that few other actors have. People just show up because it's Denzel Washington and yeah. they know that he, he picks quality material. Add to that the fact that Ryan Reynolds has enough of a fan base of his own and the the combination of the two is just dynamite. I mean, wow. it, it, it's just doing really well. Um, we, we thought it was going to do like 30. I, I don't think anybody was that much higher than us. So it's exceeded expectations by at least – you know, seven or eight million dollars. Mm,
2: wow. um, Sasha, so. um, what was your impression of the film as a uh,
1: sophisticated
2: moviegoer? What do you think?
0: Well, I I, um, I am sophisticated on the one hand, but I also like, you know, thrillers and political thrillers and stuff. I just have a soft spot for them. And um, I was, you know, I'll see anything with Denzel Washington. It really doesn't matter what it is. If It, it could be the crappiest movie. And what was that movie he did that... Um, John Q. Public movie. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> I didn't but, even see that one. I'll, I'll
0: see him in anything. Honestly, there's that line in that Bob Dylan song, Brownsville Girl, where he's talking about Gregory Peck, and he's like, um, you know, I'll see him in anything, so I'll stand in line. That's Denzel for me. I'll see him in anything. So, But as as it was, I I enjoyed the movie. I didn't like the close-up um, steady-cam situation, like handheld. I didn't I didn't really go for that. It was making me kind of feel sick. I wish uh, he'd pulled the camera back a little bit, but... Um, but I didn't mind the grainy quality of the cinematography at all. And, and I just think Denzel... I'm, and Ryan Reynolds was acting like he was in, you know, On the Waterfront or something. I mean, he was really trying hard to give a great performance. Which is, it's hard to, 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 you know, to take center from Denzel because he is just such a dynamic performer. He's so great. So, I don't know. I was satisfied. I was fine with it. It wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen, but, I mean, you know... It was good. It was a good movie.
2: Uh, A key moment that happened with me and Denzel was uh, when I was at the junket in the Marina del Rey for Crimson Tide back in 95, was that? 95, around there? Yeah. 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 And I was so delighted with one of the Quentin Tarantino's lines in which Denzel goes up to break up a fight among a couple of of ensigns, a couple of midshipmen, I meant to say. And it was over the Silver Surfer comic book. And one guy says that Kirby's uh, Silver Surfer is the uh, superior, and the other guy says that Mobius is the the one. There's two guys that drew the Silver Surfer. And uh, and Denzel points out to the guy who started the fight that uh, anybody that that knows Silver Silver Surfer knows that Kirby is the only true Silver Surfer. And it's a really funny uh, Tarantino-esque line. (laughs) So I just asked him, uh, had he ever looked at? Did he have any feelings? Did he have any, you know, any like, in, you know, any, any passion at all about about Silver Surfer in any way, shape, or form? He didn't even know what the fucking Silver Surfer was. Uh, <laughs> he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, "You know, I'm just doing a job, man." You yeah,
0: know? he has a right. He's Denzel. He could do anything he wants. He,
2: but, he's, but he's concerned. not like an in depth. He just kind of turns it on. He's he's the best looking guy in movies. He's charming. He's He's you know you love him and oh, he just does the job then he goes home and does whatever. You know, he's Yeah,
0: I would do that wouldn't you? Um, I mean if I if you could, uh, you know, I think for him he he worked so hard for so many years uh, as he's a very serious no. actor in his early days. I think now he's just kind of you yeah. know, he's he's enjoying making all that money and he's enjoying the parts that he does but that hungry, you know, I need to be respected. Thing yeah. isn't he doesn't need to anymore, so he doesn't do that. He you know he's made films, he's directed films, he's done so many things, and what people want from him is what he's giving them, which is he's a you know a hot dude, and you know Harrison Ford is pretty much done in this capacity. We've got Denzel now, you know he's yeah. the guy. So well,
2: except I'm trying to make a point here, which is that it's the, one of the most uh, interesting, fascinating, and attractive things about any person is that their is their level of curiosity about they want to know about you they want to know about what what was that noise i just heard in the other room you know the more engaged you are with the world the more uh, intriguing and the more alive you are on the planet earth and he is not a curious man he is man <laughs> Oh, no. It comes to him, he says, yeah, that looks good, let's do it, and he does it, and he's great, I love it. Well, him. you
0: don't know that. It's he not, doesn't think that he's not interested in the Silver Surfer, so he what? Just
2: have, he didn't have clue one about that when I asked oh him. Not my he has God. a life. so what? Um, good for him. Yeah. I know,
0: I wouldn't care either, I'm so sorry to have to say, but nothing if, about If I Silver had said the
2: line in a movie, I would have a couple little things to say, you know, that he, he was just like, no. I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> to me,
0: I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to have to say, but it just doesn't interest me at all on any level.
2: It doesn't interest me either. But I, I would wouldn't be even ask
0: a follow up question to
2: chit chat about it a little bit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. All right, Phil, I just have to say one thing. I have to ask the yeah. box office. for Can we just declare that the Oscars are dead? I mean, usually around this time, there's King's speech last year was like at the box <laughs> office. It was setting it on fire. And this year done. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about timing, really. Last year you had this, you know, it was the crop of contenders, and they were all still very much alive at the box office. It wasn't even King's Speech. Um, you know, the fighter was still doing really well at this point. Black, Spot, Black Swan was <laughs> making a, a killing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all about when the movies are released. And, mm. um, you know, the Descendants, that came out a little bit too early to, I think, benefit from it all that much. And the artist is... Has always been limited. Um, there's, there's only so much a movie like that can do. And, right. Um, I mean, right now it's at 24 million. It lost 197 locations this weekend. That's not oh, the way God. things should be going. But if anything, know- it should be gaining locations and, and building momentum and doing all of that. And that's not happening. I mean, it'll probably get a, a decent bump after it wins. But I don't, I don't even know how many locations will still be playing it at that point, to be honest. Right. I mean... This, this weekend probably really hurt and I'm sure a lot of the multiplexes in order to have you know two screens for the vow and and two screens for safe house and two screens for even journey two um, they had to bump the artist so yeah. yeah it's it's just not benefiting as as much as it could be
0: I really think that it's um they missed the boat with dragon tattoo that was their one kind of hot box office prospect that they could have nominated but also um uh, if Moneyball had been timed differently, that's the one I think that really is the only one that could have challenged the artist if it had had timing. Because if it had box office heat and a director nomination, it could totally have beaten the artist. But it came out way too early and it, it lost its buzz and it was just the, the release of that movie was handled really badly, I thought.
2: The subtlety and the, uh, and the, and the lack of strong primary colors in moneyball save for the obvious metaphor of a person coming up with a new idea a new approach to a, to a, a traditional uh, endeavor most people I'm convinced I'm, I'm just given up are just not do not respond to the uh, to the oblique quality to the subtlety of moneyball they they I think it's one of the most spiritual movies bar none of the, of the year it has a lift to it that you feel every time you watch it but most people, I regret to say did not seem to be able to get what I was getting and what sasha 's got, gotten and what phil 's gotten uh, just most people have not gotten it
0: but it's, it's, no
1: i mean that's i don 't I don't see that i mean at least it 's not my experience i mean my I went to see it with my dad when it was you know when it first came out in theaters and, and I, um, you know at the end of September, and he goes to the movies if at all like two or three times a year he 's just a passionate baseball fan, mm. and it still plays to people who aren 't into subtlety in movies, which he isn't. I mean, he's, he didn't, you know, pick up on the the subtle nuances of you know Brad Pitt's performance or anything like that. But there's plenty of jokes in it. There's plenty of you know um, Billy Bean getting upset and kicking things and drama and everything like that. So, yeah. you know, it it plays. But yeah, I, I agree with Sasha that if this came out and maybe maybe if they waited till November, um, yeah. and and let it benefit more from the the awards buzz, that yeah, we could be looking at hundred million instead of you know 76 which is basically where it's you know stalled out on and, and now because the, yeah, I'm sorry so. to
0: interrupt the Brad Pitt buzz is just coming on now and if they had timed the movie with the Brad Pitt buzz it would have been swept along with it also it's all about what got there first and the artist was always the front runner but everybody was waiting for that one movie to kind of overtake it and their and moneyball it didn't do that at first but if it had come out later after it looked like the artist was already about to win it might have had a little bit more power over you know, it. That's uh, all I'm what saying.
2: people have lamented all along, Sasha, as you well know, is that they're saying, "Why does why does do all films of merit and quality have to come out in October, November, December? Why can't we scatter them uh, across the year and and sort of have a richer year in general? Have a good quality movie come out in June, right in the middle of the summer uh, inanity." And uh, you're, what you're basically, you and Phil are basically making a case. No, you can't. You must come out. Not even in October. You must come out in November. You must come out around Thanksgiving. Not, or not always. Otherwise, it's just, you're in trouble. It yeah. just so
0: happens that that was the case this year, and Phil can probably explain better why. I think that the end of the year films Oscar-wise kind of failed, mm-hmm. like he's saying. Like Black Swan was kicking around in film festivals. It was up at Venice. People were talking about it. But by the time it hit theaters, people in the on the street were talking about it. It had a must-see quality to it none of the movies in the race this year have that not one yeah you know they don't have that people talking on the street like the excitement like phil is saying is at the box office with all these other movies that wouldn't be you know caught dead near the oscar race right
1: yeah and look i mean you know jeff you you make a valid point too that you know i actually do believe that they should spread these out a little bit more because you know look at what the help did I mean that that's a movie that came out in August, and it's still a very vital part of the awards conversation. You know, it's going to win. It's you know probably going to win two big prizes. Um, you know, and it it made a killing at that time. So yeah, I, I would love to see more you know intelligent movies aimed at adults coming out in August or or coming out in March or you know whenever these periods that are supposed to be dead times for that because. They they cannibalize each other really I mean you know Moneyball and Ides of March and and all these other things they they ended up hurting each other because there's only so much room for right. um, these contenders to really breathe and, and find because the, they're they're all movies that have to find their audience they don't you know they don't open at you know fifty million dollars or forty million dollars they open soft and then they build and build and build like Descendants um, but they need time to do that and it sometimes doesn't happen look what happened to Hugo you know that's a movie that just totally didn't have a shot. It, it was released at a time when it couldn't find its audience because it got completely overshadowed. I mean, they put it up against some Muppets. You know, it's like, what are you going to do there? So, right,
0: right. Yeah. Lots well, of shame. It's yeah. just de-
2: I, had, uh, I got into a lot of uh, screening matches uh, yesterday and last I night. I saw
0: that. My God, Jeff, that was harsh, bro.
2: And uh, I basically... Uh, being uh, familiar on my own thing with I had my vodka issues in the mid 90s being familiar with addiction was to my father who went who had alcohol issues all his life until he went into AA when he was uh, to his credit when he was a middle-aged man and having uh, lost a brother to uh, uh, an accidental overdose of, uh, of uh, an issue I know a little something about addiction and I just think it's one of the ugliest, uh, things uh, that can manifest to the human heart and the human soul, and particularly when you're uh, you've been blessed, embraced, kissed by, by creation by God with great talent and great and great soaring spirit. and you've done so beautifully in life and you and you waste yourself and and bring your life to a crashing end as Whitney Houston did yesterday at age forty eight. And I think it's deplorable and disgusting and I think it's you know reprehensible that she allowed that to, to happen to her life. Everybody's like, oh, no, Whitney, we we love you. What a sad thing. Let's Let's be nice. I don't believe in that when people have destroyed themselves. Now, if a person gets hit by a car or shot by an assailant or, God forbid, something horrible happens suddenly, I feel as bad as anybody else did. And I think it's a, you know, I think a life should be given an opportunity to, you know, you should be able to, Live a full life and have grandchildren, and, and you know, have have good family relations, and you know, just the pleasure of, of living. But to end it like this is revolting, and I, it gets me really angry.
0: Well, before and, we, and um, you're
2: not allowed to say that. You have to. All you can say is, "Oh, poor Whitney." You know, I, I'm sorry, but well, that's I, all that you're allowed to say. Okay. Something.
0: Well, let's. Um, that I agree with you, and I can't wait to talk with you about it. But I know Phil is in a big rush, so I just wanted to. Um, Finish up with him and let him hang up so he can go do his thing. He's got, like, sure. significant Thanks, happening.
2: Yeah. Uh, what do we need to speak up, Phil, regarding next week or the week after? Anything big that you're excited about coming down the pike in a week or two?
1: Uh, no, next week is really depressing. It's This means war, Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, absolutely nothing there. This means um, war
2: technically opens uh, for one night on Tuesday to help the uh, word of mouth. And it really opens on Friday, so we should be clear about that. They're going to count that, aren't they, the box office? I mean, they're going to sell tickets,
1: aren't they? Uh, yeah, but it's, a lot of the times the uh, the sneak previews, it's a touchy thing. But, yeah, I think that'll that'll count, and the, they'll actually release a number for that. You know, when you have something where the sneak previews months ahead of time, like we bought a zoo, they don't report the grosses, but, you know, for this, it'll, the, it'll come in. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. It's, it's going to lose out completely to the vow because – the Vow's not a movie. Valentine's
0: that, Day,
1: right? Yeah, it's not Valentine's Day. It doesn't, well, it's not Valentine's Day, the movie, which, you know, it expired as soon as, you know, February 15th. That, um, the Vow's something that'll play straight through the holiday, and um, yeah. people are going to see, day couples are going to go see that, not This Means War. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be another, you know, classic example of how, you know, Content is king. Um, you can't just get people to show up because you have Reese Witherspoon, Tom Hardy, and, and Chris Pine You know, looking sexy. It, it, just, it just doesn't do it anymore. Wow. It doesn't cut it. Did you guys so. happen to look
2: at that uh, paintball video that I found that I posted yesterday? No, you. I didn't. I saw you posted it, but I didn't watch it yet. It was really funny. It was probably the most, i mean, that I, I had a good time with. The movie around that level, the really primitive, you know, don't shoot me in the asshole, I just shoot me in the cheeks. That was funny. I mean, I laughed at that. So,
0: <laughs> 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 Well, so The Vow is just so embarrassing, right? It's like the worst, isn't it? Is it like The Notebook or something? It's one of I those... never
2: even saw it. Did you? you Nobody's seen it? Oh, I movie?
0: haven't
1: been to see it yet. I'll probably catch it today or, or sometime. But is know, that what maybe. it
0: is all about? Like it's one of those kind of movies? It's sort of a romantic, you know. Yeah, it's trying to be Nicholas
1: Sparks. I mean, James Rocky wrote in our review. If you guys check it out, um... You know, he he talked about how he went to the screening and everybody thought it was a Nicholas Sparks movie. And then they were, you know, surprised to realize that it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's treading that territory. Uh, um, yeah. I just yeah, hate so. that
0: that has to be the representation of my demographic. It's so awful. It's like, can we like a different kind of movie? Why does it always have to be the rom-com? It's like, they're just... If you want a trip and you want to see a trip, go to the uh, Pioneer Woman website, and she's got an entertainment section, and she did a poll on movies, favorite movies, and just look at that poll. It'll blow your mind. It's like, um, you know, Tootsie beating, I mean, this other movie beating Tootsie. I mean, like, great movies getting totally overshadowed by the crappiest. It's always so depressing to read what the majority of women think in this country. (laughs) I'm so sorry to have to say. Oh, well. Anyway... And and on that, just as a a side note, I did watch. I forced myself to watch the Queen Latifah, um, um, you know, black community romantic comedy, with um, you know, I don't know, it was Paula Patton in it, and it was just right. It was called, you know, and it was it was pretty good. It was way better than the the shit that you know, the Mm -hmm. white community dishes out. It was pretty interesting. The women were kind of strong characters and well written, and Queen Latifah was the lead, and it was all about you know her internal life and. I was really surprised, you know, that, that uh, you know, it gets written off as a quote unquote black movie, but it was um, a lot better than the shit. I'm telling you, it was a lot better than the Catherine Heigl crap that, that gets written uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Phil. Well, thank all you, right. darling.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Okay,
0: bye. Bye.
2: Okay, so what did you feel about the Whitney Houston um, mess that I got, uh, that everybody was uh, arguing about yesterday, that there's only yeah. one way to feel about her? There's only one thing to say, which is that we're very, very sorry. We, you know, you can't comment about the circumstances of a person's self-destruction. You have to only lament the sad passing of a great talent. That's the only I acceptable... I, I mean,
0: your your readers were pretty hard on you, I thought, and it seemed to me that it was a lot of misplaced anger that they were sad about her and they were kind of taking it out on you a little bit. Uh-huh. That's was my take on it. And, you know, grief, grief takes hold in really weird ways. You know, you never, you never, really, I mean, the, one of the first things you feel is anger. Yeah. With grief, because you just, you know, how could that happen? And, you know, there is no God and, and somebody has to be blamed. You know, you, you, that's like the, one of the first things you feel is anger. So I'm not surprised that they sort of dove into you like that. It was pretty harsh though
2: but why would um who has had any real strong feelings about her uh, art and her artistry over the last what 10 years when is when when has she last really been uh, uh, you know a noteworthy performer i mean well i don't
0: know i mean she's a different case to me because she kicked around a long time as a disrespected person like usually like a Heath ledger who will die suddenly um yeah And they didn't have a lot of time to to, to be hated by the public, whereas Amy Winehouse and Whitney Houston, they kind of kicked around as, as visible addicts, struggling and then failing, struggling and then failing, showing up, embarrassing themselves, becoming shunned by the public before they finally died. You know, like how Lindsay Lohan is right now and Anna Nicole Smith. I mean, I hope Lindsay's not. I hope she's clean. But she is in that state of sort of nothing she can do can fix her career at this point, you know. She's trying. She's in the, absolutely doing the wrong thing. If she takes one more fucking photo with Terry Richardson, I swear to God. And she's got to stop having that guy take her picture. I went to high school with him. I like him. I think he's a good photographer. But he is a sleaze bag, And mm-hmm. the photos are sleazy. And she needs to stop dyeing her hair and pretending she looks like Marilyn, you know. And just, you know, get real, man. Yeah. So, I think that what I feel about her is a lot of what people were feeling about Whitney Houston. They basically had written her off before she died. So, it's a different thing.
2: I mean, uh, she had, she was, I found a report that was uh, in which Nancy Seltzer, who was her public relations person 11 years ago, denied that she was de- dead in a, uh, in a story that ABCNews.com uh, posted uh, a, couple, a day or so after the 9 11 uh, um, attacks. Yeah. You know. Right. And say, well, she's fine. No. And she had done the thing with Diane Sawyer the following year in which she um you know basically copped to her drug issues and her thing with Bobby Brown and her her uh, embattled uh, husband.
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's a different we live in a different time. For instance, Billy Holiday died of a drug overdose. No one's ever gonna say you know she trashed her life she you know because everybody knows how hard it was to be billy holiday whitney houston probably didn't have it quite as hard all she had to do was really live down her fame and her addiction she had a pretty good life you know what i mean like you know she wasn't treated the way she was a huge star and had a beautiful voice but addiction took hold you know I
2: think it also uh, speaks to the culture of enablers and people who work for uh, people like Whitney Houston. Their uh, paycheck and their comfort levels are in not challenging anything and going along with the status quo. And uh, you know, if there's an issue like, oh gee, Whitney's got to get a hold of the, uh you know, she's been on the pipe again. What are we going to do? I don't know. Let's just be nice to her. Let's keep things nice and keep her healthy and. I don't yeah. think anybody makes the hard hard calls. I don't think anybody stands up. Uh, I think
0: she needed like they all do like I know I am so not the expert, but I think that it's all about tough love, and you know you have to you have to tough love it out. you have to say, yeah. you're gonna die. you need yeah. to fucking stop this. You are going to die, and I wouldn't put her on TV. I wouldn't have anything to do with her professionally if if I knew she was a, an addict and and they shouldn't. Hollywood should not condone that, and they should not capitalize on it. They should not make any money off of her when she's, you know, killing herself. All right. Um, but, you know, so there was Elvis. Elvis, poor Elvis died. You know, he didn't willingly kill himself, He, but he was hooked on drugs. Michael Jackson, same thing, you know. Um
2: And the Elvis mafia didn't really do anything either. They just kind of went along with it. They knew what he was up to. Nobody's going to say anything. And then, oh my goodness, there goes our paycheck. He's dead.
0: They have to prop up their product, you know, and and Whitney probably was having a really hard time dealing with the fact that nobody wanted her anymore. You know, and that was probably her hardest thing she had to deal with. Well, I know a guy, you know, Patrick, you know, is in the, um, you know, he's clean, 10 years clean. Yeah. And, uh, you know they go to he goes to meetings and you got to go to meetings and you got to do the work and you have to I was thinking also about Whitney Houston it's like if you don't have something creative to take over your life from addiction mm-hmm. that's going to be your creativity is getting high and it's like if you and numbing out it's like you know as a singer she never really had control i don't think over her creative product and she like Lindsay Lohan would have been more advised to get to dig in creatively to start writing and producing and creating things as opposed to, you know, I'm this beautiful thing that people want to hear sing. Well, people don't want to hear me sing anymore. So now what? You know, she really felt probably felt like she had no choice but to, to keep doing drugs. And yeah. I don't yeah. know for sure. You know, I'm not I'm not an expert. I But I do in terms of what you're talking about and what your your readers are angry about is I think it's timing. Like they, they're mad because they don't want to hear you say right off the bat, oh, she deserved to die, you know. They don't want to hear that right then. Maybe it would come out later, but right at that moment, you know, people are incredibly emotional.
2: I know it's the deal. The drill is you can't say anything of a candid or honest nature about anybody who has just sad to say lost their life. You have to just say one thing and one thing only, which is what a terrible shame, what a tragedy. We loved him, her, and we're very sorry. And the deepest condolences to family, friends, and colleagues. That's it. Mm. End of story. If you say anything else, people are gonna get angry.
0: Yeah. I think so. I think that's what they call, you know, being respectful of the I don't dead.
2: respect people that kill themselves. Sorry.
0: People that kill means themselves.
2: I'm ostracized, I do not I am not ever going to respect the people who kill themselves. You know? It's a it's a duty to push on and to and to live and to and and to the last dying breath, until nature takes you, right. which we're, we're all going to go that way.
0: But, I'm not you know. arguing with you on that, and I understand your personal relationship with addiction, and I totally can dig it. I know that that um, the, the the worst thing she did was she has a kid, and for her to be so selfish and to stick. You know, she should have gotten clean for her kid.
2: Every time she pulled on that pipe, it was like, let me see. Is this going to be good for my daughter? Well, she'll be okay. I just need to pull on the pipe a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where (laughs) I start. That's where I draw on. Anybody who kills themselves, like Sylvia Plath, you know, fuck you. You don't have a right to do that once you have a kid. And I know, you know, when I've been really depressed and I even start to think about suicide, which I never would because I'm such a coward. (laughs) Believe me, I want to live as long as I possibly can. (laughs) But, um... You know, I have a kid. And that yeah. takes suicide off the table. Completely. Period. End you of know? story. Right? You made that decision to have that baby. You are obligated to stay alive yeah. as long as you can for that child, you know? That's, so I agree with you. I was going to get in there with the comments, but your readers hate me so much. I was, <laughs> not want to join the fray.
2: They do not hate you, Sasha. You are a respected ardent uh, uh voice of of, of of insight and nobody hates you i mean the, the the there are people or put it this way if someone is uh, negative towards you you have to consider who are they in the first place what are what do they seem to be what uh you know i well, just they, a they, lot they, of those people i don't respect at all i don't <laughs> mean the Plansky haters that are still there i can't believe right. that Plansky's Haters are still. I out can't of either.
0: Work. For God's sake, I mean, you know, give me a break on that. It's like Jesus, really. <sighs> but um, but no, I I did. I felt bad for you. Like I didn't understand why people were getting. I, I didn't think what you wrote was so bad. I didn't. I mean, you said she finally bought it. Well, she did. Yeah. She finally bought it because. She was killing herself, and she I mean we say this not knowing of course, whether she died of, of drugs. we assume she did, but we don 't know for sure right I mean it has it's, it's inconclusive because Amy Winehouse turned out she didn 't die of a drug overdose she kill she made herself so unhealthy that she finally died but i don 't think it was drugs you know
2: uh, you know as well as I do, Sasha, that her unhealthy lifestyle uh, defined by a lot heavy drug use and alcohol and everything else is what killed her. Um, um, You know, there's no ambiguity about that. Um, You know, you have people say, Oh, look, there was no, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, When people say there is no obvious indication of, uh, of, of drug paraphernalia or, you know, the toxicology, we don't have any drugs in her system. Therefore, maybe she just keeled over from natural causes. What kind of delusion? What, what is it? What are we doing? And yeah, why don't we say stuff like this? This is absurd. We all know what happened.
1: It's yeah.
0: all fairly I obvious, know. you know? I know. And I, you know, it's hard for me to speak on it because I have never been addicted. And, you know, my good friend Patrick is an addict and he struggles with it every day. And he says how hard it is to, to watch people relapse again and again and how hard it is to sit in those meetings and how hard it is for that to be your only Reality, you know, here is here is life clean and sober. How boring, you know, but um, but if it's a matter of you're going to die, or you're <laughs> going to live this boring life, you know, well, to me, it's like okay, if you re- do, you really love drugs that much that you would rather let them kill you. Yeah, you know? I don't think that I can't imagine that. I just can't even imagine. Maybe because I'm not an addictive personality, but I can't. I'm sorry to sound that I'm not an addict. I'm not an addict. I'm so lucky. I'm not an addict, but. <laughs> I don't mean it that way. I just mean that um, that I feel like every single day is a gift, and I'm scared that the days pass so fast, and I'm scared that I'm almost finished with my forties, and they are never coming back, and my thirties are never coming back, and my twenties are never coming back, and I am holding on to every single day of life. Yeah, I can't imagine throwing all that away. It's just as mind-boggling, although I will say I suppose it's an escape from that reality. It's an escape from the knowledge that life is <laughs> mm. finite and that we are going to die, and maybe by, by, you know, staying high, you're you're sort of saying, I'm immortal. I'm not going to face the fact that, you know, death is going to have a hold of me. I'm going to have a hold of it, you know. Yeah. I'll control my own uh, mortality. I
2: think the, the only thing that we just... Uh... We, we all remember I certainly do remember and was in a, in a state of constant almost constant ecstasy at a certain point when I was in around 20 21 um because uh, I was um you not, that's not true I mean it's, it's, I was horribly insecure and I didn't know what what was going on with my life and where I was going but but in terms of uh the mood when I was with people that I cared about and and uh I was com- gliding along in a in a place that I thought this is delightful, I've had I'm having the best time of my life. Uh, certainly after the torture of high school and, 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 right. and the difficulty and the arduous work that was required in college, and I just felt this is great. I'm 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 getting high almost every night. I'm getting lucky with women all the time. I'm I'm listening to beautiful music. I'm I'm in great shape, and I can eat anything you want. I don't mm-hmm. get fat. It's wonderful, you know. Yeah, I mean, right. Uh, You know, but that you have to say, if you're going to get to be a stoner, if you're going to be one of those people that has issues, be that person when you're 20 or 21 or 22. Don't be that person when you're 40 or 41 because it will get you. And it's just something you can't do when you get older. That's all. Uh,
0: It absolutely will get you. We are so fragile. Just like eating a lot of fast food and red meat and high saturated fats will get you, you know? It's like, or my, 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 you know, my sister who smokes cigarettes in her 40s. I mean, that's going to get you, too. It's like addiction is, I guess, a really hard thing to fight. You know, we are naturally inclined toward that. And
2: uh, I was having a big moment last night in the pavilions. I, for, for some reason, I find myself, uh, if I don't have a social engagement or a date, I just go to, I, I like to go to the market on Saturday nights because nobody else is there and I can wander around. And I was thinking, should I have sushi? Should I buy that? Is that a that is that like too many too much in the way of rice and starches and everything? And because and uh anyway. Yeah brought that up. But I but I was thinking even that is bothersome, you know, there's always something guilting you out, you know?
0: Right, and, and at the same time, you know, you could you could be blow drying your hair and it could electrocute you. You could die that way you know it's like (laughs) you could get hit by a car you could get in a car crash you could um you know eat something poisonous you could have a heart attack i mean there's so many weird little ways you can die in life that um it does seem i mean it's it's a terrifying way to exist and in in that way in that way only i i can understand why people would want to numb out on something like painkillers or something because you would really not have to deal with the fact that it is a terrifying way to live to know that you could die randomly at any time you know and you don't know what's going on with your body you don't know where a little cancer might be building or you know um you do what you can but there's no controlling it. i love that movie unbearable lightness of being where he does all this stuff they go all through all this drama and then he dies in a car crash just riding down the road you know yeah and that's what it's all about really it's um yeah. It's so random, and it's so fleeting, and we are so lucky to be alive mm-hmm. um, yeah. that, uh, that it is a shame. It is a shame about Whitney Houston only because of, you know, it's just a shame to me that she left so much of her life to this drug. Really? I mean, come on. That's like, you're. she's so much better and bigger than that stupid drug. Yeah, know? yeah. And so to to have, like, the last part of her life be filled with so much pain and... God mm-hmm. only knows what she did to her poor little kid after all those years of being high and drugged out, you know. But... According
2: to TMZ, her mother, her daughter tried showed up at the hotel room, I don't know, three, four or five hours after she was discovered and after she had been declared uh, dead and wanted to see her mom. And they wouldn't let her in.
0: Oh, God, that's horrible. And they,
2: and, they, and she got angry and said, this is my mother. She's you How dare, you know, nope, you can't come in. Mm. Mm -hmm. So what do you think uh, Now that we've uh,
0: Totally brought things
2: down (laughs) Uh, uh, It's been made The point has been made to get back to the Tedious, boring, flattest Oscars (laughs) uh,
0: It's so bad, Jeff That like I, You know Your readers will hate me for saying this yet again But I've been doing this so long I've never Even the slumdog year wasn't this bad
2: yeah.
0: I mean, the only tiny, tiny piece of excitement is whether Viola Davis will win Best Actress. That's yeah. it. There's nothing else. And if Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer both win, it'll be, mm-hmm. you know, the first time two black actresses have ever won <clears throat> at the Oscars. And it will be amazing if that happens. If she wins the BAFTA tonight, she'll be the first black actress to win the BAFTAs in all of their history.
2: I don't think there's any, any doubt that both of them, I, I completely bought into and don't see any uh, reason to support uh, or or to believe that Meryl Streep will prevail. It just doesn't seem to have to be hers anymore. Um, It doesn't
0: feel like it, but you never know. I mean, I remember when I thought it was going to be Mickey Rourke over Sean Penn, even though Sean Penn's performance was so good. Um, And Sean Penn was in a Best Picture uh, nominee, and Mickey Rourke wasn't, and it's the same here. Viola Davis is in a Best Picture nominee, and Meryl Streep isn't, but she's still Meryl Streep, and she still gave a brilliant performance, and... um, I could see it happening. I could see Streep winning. Yeah.
2: So let's just... There are some categories that, it, that it's been made... That, listen, they say it's boring, it's flat, but what about the? there are a lot of categories that are up for grabs, and one of them is cinematography. Now, I know that you believe in Tree of Life, uh, right?
0: No, not really. I mean, I, oh, okay. I think it's beautiful, and it might be its only win is cinematography, but I think Chris Tapley and I are both predicting that it'll win the Cinematographers Guild tonight, but that it won't win the Oscar. I think Hugo will win the Oscar. And the reason is, I think Hugo is going to get... I hope not. I would love it if it didn't, but I have a feeling it'll be like the also-ran. It'll get... um, It'll get every award that it could... It's like the Aviator versus Million Dollar Baby. The artist will take the major awards, and then Hugo will take all the tech awards as a sort of a consolation, as a respectable, we loved your movie, but... Dot, dot, dot. So... um, that's my prediction. But it's it's going to have to compete with the artist. And if the artist sweeps everything, it'll take cinematography, art direction, costume, score, picture, direction. Do you think something?
2: that it's going to take cinematography?
0: Possible. Sure. Although Chris says that um, Chris Tapley is really good in this topic. And he says that black and, black and whites hardly ever win. So um, it's more likely that. Uh, now,
2: honestly, that the, the cinematography of the, of the artist is uh, obviously uh, meant to evoke. But it doesn't evoke uh, the way films were shot and the way they looked. It could have been so beautiful and fascinating if it it had been shot precisely as a 1927 or 28 film was shot. If you look at anything, look at Wings, look at any of those films like, uh, you know, Sunrise, there is a certain uh, mobility, a certain uh, uh, kind of formal framing. Uh, There's a way that those things were shot. And the artist did not look like that. The artist uh, looked like a, a 2011 movie, kind of pretending to be a 20s movie, but not really. It was kind of like it was skirting both, both realms. Uh, and the insert shots, I mean, it just was a lot more uh, fluid mm. and, uh, and had a lot more choices visually than a silent film would have. It could have been great if they had really made it look and feel like a like a 1928 film, but they didn't. Yeah. Just I just don't, don't know, believe it was, it's worthy. Right. So.
0: Well, Oscar voters—they all vote for the prizes. So you have you know all the different branches voting for cinematography and art direction, and and so you don't have just cinematographers. That's why movies like um, Tree of Life or you know movies that ha or uh, um, The White Ribbon or. Uh, the man who knew too much. When it was Roger Deakins, and he had all those fucking awards, and he didn't get the Oscar. Um, they vote for like the prettiest movie. So if you think in your mind, which and my only fear about Hugo is that the screeners they sent out were terrible. They they had this weird bluish hue to them, and it didn't look the same as it did on on screen. And okay. I think what if Hugo wins, what it'll win for is those last that last um, thirty minutes where where that was wonderful. Yeah. And that alone could win its cinematography. And you would say it's deserved for that. Um, but the but there's Tree of Life, the artist. And then there's, of course, Dragon Tattoo. And that's the one that is the one to watch. Because it's made $100 million. No, it doesn't have a Best Picture nomination. But they're going to maybe want to give it something. Uh-huh. It was really popular by all the branches. It just didn't get the number one votes. Which is why it didn't get in. It didn't get a director. And it didn't get a screenplay. But uh-huh. the craftspeople really like it. So, um that's the one to watch for editing and for uh, sound and for cinematography. But uh, if I had to just call it, I would say it's down to Hugo or the artist, and I'm probably going to go with Hugo for um, the Oscar.
2: For cinematography? Yeah. Okay. I always thought that you seem to be saying two things. You say, on I, I one hand, people feel that if they like the picture and emotionally it has made them mean the most to them and it's the most uh, appealing visually. Then it gets everything. They just sweep it. Sweep yeah, it.
0: like Slumdog yeah. did.
2: Yeah. However, what about the urge to console, the consolation Oscar? Yeah. We, oh, you're not going to win Best Picture. You're yeah, not going to win. Like Aviator. something. That's why I thought original, I mean, adapted screenplay would be Moneyball, because they all know it's not going to win. So let's give it that at
0: least. Maybe. Maybe. But the stronger consolation prize there is The Descendants, because it it's the stronger campaign. It's the stronger, um, it has the uh, director nomination too, and Moneyball doesn't. So uh, Descendants has got to win something. If it's not going to win actor, if Jean Dujardin's going to win actor, just what else is Descendants going to win? Screenplay is its best bet, right? Yep. So,
2: um, when I, I, if I were to choose, I, I'd have to say, and Alexander Payne is going to look at me funny the next time I see him, but, I didn't like that narration in the beginning of The Descendants. I I know that they had to do that because they had to get that stuff out of the way. But I did not feel that movie does not take off. It doesn't really begin until he is told, George Clooney is told by uh, Sheiland Woodley that, you know, he had been cuckolded and mom was cheating on you. And he runs down to his neighbors. That's when that movie finally starts up until that point. It's just narration. It's exposition. It's the door. It doesn't really feel like yeah. it's happening. You know? I
0: don't. I don't know. I mean, I love that movie. The more I think about it, the more I love it. I think it's one of those that's going to settle into people much more after the Oscar race is over. Yeah. Um, like Sideways did with me, and I think people unfairly say it's his least um, edgy movie. I think mm-hmm. the reason that it isn't winning Best Picture is because it's edgy and the way he made it. He yeah. makes it not easily emotionally accessible. It is an absolutely expert film from top to yeah. bottom. It is so beautifully made, so deeply rendered. I just, it baffles me the way the Oscar race works. I understand that it's about the passion of the moment. And a movie like Moneyball and a movie like uh, The Descendants, they're never going to capture the passion of the moment. Never. Never. Um, and it's the same with Network and All the President's Men and all those great movies from the past that they didn't capture the moment, but boy, did they last, you know, and these movies are the ones that are going to last. And what
2: about um, <clears throat> editing? The, there's been... A, That's some, the
0: big uh, one. Yeah, editing's the big one. And and the Eddies are next weekend, I think. So have There's to been watch. a
2: push by the uh, Sony people to get the uh, Moneyball editor out there. Mm-hmm. I was mystified as to why he was sitting on the stage at Lochman with Brad Pitt and Joan Hill and everybody wanted, wanted to just listen to Brad Pitt, and they had to ask questions of the of the editor. And I and I and I got what they were doing in a, in a certain sense, but I was mystified. Anyway, he's he also got profiled by Milena Ritzek in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any chance of a consolation for Moneyball anywhere? You yeah, think?
0: I think it might get sound. That's sound. My, yeah, I think it's going to get sound. Um, um, it's such a good movie. It's so embarrassing that that's going to be its only Oscar. But I hope that it gets. Um, Sound And editing, I think editing's a tough one, but if it were me, I would. I think that the one that deserves it is Dragon Tattoo, but I think the one that will get it is Hugo, and that's because it's Thelma Schoonmaker, and she's such a veteran. I, I would have a hard time not voting for her if I were an Academy member, even though she's already won a bunch of Oscars. She's just so great, and she's lasted so long, and she worked side by side with... Uh, but... Anyway, I shouldn't even say that because that's getting too inside baseball. Academy voters look at the movies and they pick what they think looks right for that category or they just pick what they like best. So it's going to be down to the artist versus (sighs) I'm sorry, but it is. It's going to be the artist. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if the artist wins editing, you know, at all. I won't be surprised. Um, Mm. That's your safest bet is to go with the artist all the way down the line. But I'm going to stick with Hugo for that because of Thelma. That's the only reason.
2: And uh, visual effects, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is a sop to that film because of the of the obviously excellent uh, uh, motion capture work, right? Uh,
0: I think it's up against Hugo and Harry Potter, right? That's a yeah. tough one. They yeah. might want to give, throw Harry Potter a bone finally, and it might go to that. But um, uh, okay. But people, everybody else keeps thinking it's going to be Hugo. I don't know. That's a tough one.
2: He keeps saying, Hugo, 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 Like Hugo. I told you. I hear from you. Hugo, Hugo. I'm just
0: telling you that that's why I think it's going to do well in the text. I could be wrong, but you have to ask Chris. Chris Tapley's the king predictor. But in my opinion, it's not going to get the major awards. But it's heading into the race with 11 nominations. That's yeah. a, more than any other movie. It's not going to go home empty-handed, I don't think. I mean, <clears throat> some movies have, like Color Purple, Came Home with Nothing, and... Um, uh, Gangs of New York came home with nothing. Yeah. It had ten nominations. It came home with zero. Yeah. But I don't think Hugo is that movie. Hugo's got more. So I, that's why I'm betting that it's going to get a lot of the text. That's the only reason I'm saying it will show up there. I don't. I'm not going to say it's going to win picture. But
2: animated feature is going to be Rango because oh well, yeah, I've got to give it to the rich guys, Johnny Depp and and.
0: Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one too. <laughs> that's a tough one too i don't know i'm gonna guess rango but there's all those other movies that i haven't seen so i don't know how good they are if one of them is better then it's possible it could upset in that category rango is a hip is a hip and cool movie in the academy they're not hip and cool <laughs> so i don't know if they're gonna get rango you know
2: yeah yeah um Okay, well, um, how about documentary? That is, have you seen *Undefeated*? Basically? I have
0: the screener here. I gotta watch it. I, I'm watch. I want to watch it based on your review of it because you made it sound like a great movie. I had no desire to see it before well,
2: you. Well, be careful now because what I said was, in the beginning, in fact, the first, almost the first half, it's like, yeah, I've seen this before. This is a this is a hard luck team. You know, they got to do better. The some of the players have issues. There are a lot of challenges. It's a a very personal thing. We get to know a lot of this player and that player that has to overcome grades issues or anger issues or whatever. And then it finally kicks in, and it's very, very touching and very moving.
0: Uh, So you can stick
2: with it. But it's not like, wow, great movie the first 10 minutes or even the first half hour or the first 40. But it does get there, and it's really quite moving.
0: Right. Well, um, Documentary, Foreign, and The Shorts are the only ones where you have to see all the nominees. Yeah. So they're a little bit harder to predict. People always assume that the ones that are going to win there are the ones they've heard about, but they're usually not. You have to watch all five of them to be able to tell, and even then, it's hard to tell. I'm going to try to watch the shorts today, but um,
2: if if uh, Chris Tapley is predict- predicting Paradise Lost, three Purgatory, which is uh, pretty sturdy and good, good film, I, I definitely saw that. But I also saw Amy Birds and I and I. Prefer Amy's uh, version mm-hmm. of it because it's more encompassing and has better chops, and it's uh, and it's got better uh, delivery in terms of evidence against uh, Terry Hobbs, the uh, possible alleged perpetrator right. of, the, of the killings. So, uh, if this wins Paradise Lost Three, which again, solid good documentary, and obviously the third in a trilogy, that is going to kill uh, Amy Birdshot shot because no, they're not going to uh, give uh, documentary Oscar. To a documentary about the same subject two years in a row—that's that's the end of that. So
0: right, I don't you know. think Paradise Lost is going to win, though it might. Yeah. It, it, to me, it, it's that typical um, popular documentary that doesn't win because another one takes over. I, I would I would say Undefeated is going to beat could beat. And That's my feeling,
2: but it, people, of course, you know, like you say, they have to actually see it, and uh, I'm, I'm, I, I feel that it's going to happen. But you know, Paradise
0: you Lost Three has all the, the, the celebrity cred. It's got Sean Penn and Johnny Depp and all those guys, and they're like popular in the Academy, so right. that right. alone could get it the win. If they're doing parties and they're having cocktails and they're, you know, it's possible that they could get enough votes. But you can't vote unless you've seen all five, and, and a lot of their buddies aren't going to sit there and see all five. Right. <laughs> So, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's interesting. I, I want to see them, but I'm, I'm, I love to root for the underdog. So I'll probably root for undefeated to win. Um, now,
2: what yeah. about the foreign language? No, no question that's gonna. No a question.
0: Come on, that's one of the best movies of the year by a long way. That is yeah. such a good movie. I even think it could win. It could sneak in surprise in original screenplay. That's how good it is. Yeah. I think yeah, I wouldn't
2: I'm, be I wouldn't be not uh, blown away if, if that uh, happened. I would be like, "Yep, yeah. that's that's appropriate." Yeah. I
0: know everybody's saying Woody Allen's going to win there, but if it were me, I could not pick a separation. The only question is if they've seen if they've seen it, they can't not. That is such an intricate screenplay. Mhm. You know, it's so carefully written. It's so brilliantly written that it just would stun me if it didn't win. It deserves it. it so yeah. it deserves to win. So uh, agree. Yeah. you ever had a
2: chance to uh, speak to um, Oscar Fahadi? Did you ever see him at a Mm -mm.
0: social No, I never did. Uh Uh-uh. But I I would... I just um, have my fingers crossed that it wins um, documentary and... I mean, foreign language and original screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. So... And not that it matters at at this rate. The Oscars have become so disrespectful that you know, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) You're still winning an Oscar.
2: They're not disrespectful, but they have been so... What is the word? It's not that they, I mean, they have a, a, I respect them enormously for the way they tend to concentrate and draw, uh, this, you know, uh, the, 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 con- the condensation of, 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 quality level films. I love the whole energy of the award season. So I really respect what the Oscars had created a long time ago and have still, are still generating, which is that every started buddy start putting the major effort into the good stuff that they know yeah. is good starting right. in fall and i think that's lovely that's, the that's best bullshit movie.
0: i mean it would be great if they really did honor the best films of the year but we all know they don't they vote for their friends yeah john williams two nominations in original score yeah. give me a break give him one nomination he should take his name out of contention at this point he's got so many nominations it's like and they didn't nominate trent Reznor in that category and they could have they were they you know they put in more horse and extremely loud and you know to me these movies are they voted for their buddies
2: yeah
0: and the, the 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 opportunity to see exactly how they vote was illuminated this year because they did show their favoritism and their favoritism is showing a group that is totally out of touch not only with audiences you know but with <laughs> sort of the general thinking community about what makes a great movie
2: you're not telling me that Williams is going to win uh, for original score, are no, you? No,
0: the artist will win. <laughs>
2: Sorry. But the artist is, is a, uh, well, I thought there was,
0: um, it's going to win because it's the script. Uh, okay. it doesn't really have a script. The, the music tells you what to feel in that movie. It gives you every single tiny cue. Yeah,
2: That's what I was saying. It's not very interesting. It's, to me, it's, I mean, I've never really listened uh, to it on CD or just contemplated it on its own. But No,
0: it's not that kind of a score, but the fact that it is such a huge part of what makes that movie work. It is take out the score and it doesn't work. Put in a different score and that movie would have a hard time.
2: Jonah Hill is the guy who told me everything. He said that magic phrase. He said that that, uh, Michael Dana's movie is a score in Moneyball, is watching that movie along with you. It watches it with you and it, it's not anticipating and waiting for you. It Right when the, the exact right kind of music needs to kick in, it kicks in mm-hmm. just right. It doesn't overdo it. It doesn't instruct you like John Williams so often does. It just
0: oh, is so- there
2: with you watching the movie. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is.
0: It's really good. So is Hugo's score. It's really good. And um, But Trent Reznor, to me, did something that nobody else even attempted to do this year and and I it's just astonishing to me that they didn't that they went conventional all the way down the line from best picture on down the only kind of rebel choice they made in any category was a separation in screenplay that's the only one you know I mean you can't always just honor the conventional composers it just shows you that they're they vote for their friends in each branch I like John Williams, so I'm going to vote for his score. Very rarely do, like, the outsiders break through, you know? Uh-huh. I don't know. It, just, it was a, just a very depressing year all the way around. But, um, but right. I agree with you about Moneyball's score. I mean, it was good. I don't think it, it could ever beat the artist. It wasn't like Moneyball itself. It wasn't showy enough, you know, all the way around.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I feel like with Brad Pitt, right now he's catching fire, and if moneyball was timed right it would it would um it would be part of this whole let's celebrate Brad Pitt yeah as sure. opposed to it already coming out and people sort of writing it off as a baseball movie and now they're celebrating Brad Pitt as an actor mm-hmm. i think it could have done a lot better all the way in the race if it had been timed better i don't think they ever believed in it mm. from the beginning i don't think they believed in moneyball it was really only people like you and me championing it that kept it going you know
2: he doesn't. He wasn't um, putting out signals that he was ready, I- interested in doing a lot uh, to support the film. Uh, uh, I was told by a, friend, a mutual friend of ours who runs a significant film festival. I won't go any farther than that. But he, that they, they told him he's not going to do anything. Uh, this is in um, sometime around October, and then they changed their minds in November and said, "Okay, let's do something. Let's start." Yeah, because through-
0: they figured he might have a chance of winning. Yeah. For Best yeah. Actor. Plus, he's a producer on the movie, I think, and he want, he wanted it to do better. But I thought from the time that you first started talking about Moneyball way back when, it looked like such a throwaway movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it was such a scrapper and a straggler from the beginning. Um, right. And it never, the, 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 the campaign for it, the ad campaign for it, was never anything particularly enticing. It was just Brad Pitt on a green field, you know? All right. I don't know. I just, I, I felt like it was sort of bungled, that right. movie. Mm-hmm from day one. And I think it could have been the best picture winner of the year if it had been handled right.
2: All right. Well, we can uh, talk about, um, so this means war next weekend. I can't wait for that. And, um, (laughs) I don't know what else we're going to talk about. Well, anyway, (laughs) So we have the BAFTAs to look forward to. Yeah, they're a-
0: happening right now, actually. They're doing the red carpet, and so in a few, the, the actual show is going to start. So you want to pay attention Wait, to that whoa, if you care. Whoa, I,
2: thought, I thought we already established it. Started- I, I thought
0: so, too, but I'm looking here on Twitter and following them, and they're all, you know, I'm looking at the live feed. If you follow my Twitter, at Awards Daily, you'll see uh, Huffington Post has if a live we feed. you have the wrong
2: information, it is not going to start.
0: At- I, I can't get a straight uh, answer from anybody. They keep telling me what time it is in the U.K. it starts. I have no idea what time that means here. <laughs>
2: I have tell you, it's a very simple mathematics. You subtract eight from it. I There's don't three care. hours across the country, five hours to get Fine. to. Life.
0: So one, one o'clock oh, here, right? One so o'clock? It
2: starts at 9 p.m. If it starts at 9 p.m., which I haven't independently verified, it will absolutely start at 1 p.m. Sunday. If right. it's starting sometime earlier, then it will start at noon, okay, which fine. would explain the carpet. But they don't do red carpet three hours before. They're a-
0: doing it right now. Go on and see. They're doing it right now.
2: Sound like ignoramuses, both you and I, because we, we haven't. Uh,
0: uh, I know, I know. I didn't. The,
2: um, energy to simply determine when does the bat to start so
0: i know i'm so sorry will you go and figure it out it's on twitter i'm looking at a picture of viola davis right now on the red carpet in a beautiful red dress or pink dress and uh gary oldman signing autographs on the red carpet i don't know why they go there so early but that's what's what's and by the time people listen to this podcast they'll have long since been over <laughs>
2: I was given an email by the BAFTA PR people that I can that showed me how I can live feed it as it's happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there uh, you so,
2: go. You know, I'll go to that.
0: I'm sure your readers will be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they love the awards.
2: I put up 15 uh. different stories yesterday, and I just feel sorted out after the 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 stern and drawing of Whitney Houston and everything else.
0: So. You feel what?
2: I feel kind of storied and written out this oh, morning. Yeah, I get my energy back up.
0: I don't know how you get through something like that. I mean, I sort of had the same thing happen to me with uh, Meryl Streep versus Viola Davis. I got really slammed by people, hardcore. Uh-huh. And I had to, like, close threads and close comments and delete comments and try to get a handle on it. But people were mad, you know. and
2: They don't like... Th- they're mad at you for having said that this is truly uh, the time for Viola Davis. And despite they Their belief that Meryl streep's uh performance was was as usual awesome in its particularities and its uh transportations and that she doesn't uh she really does summon the soul and the and the and the reality of a of i a don't think a so. doddering woman doesn't matter. This is Viola. They don't like. I don't think
0: Meryl Streep does summon. She does a very good, very incredibly well executed impersonation of Margaret Thatcher, in my opinion, and a pretty good performance of an old person, you know, in Alzheimer's. But there is no soul to that performance. She she did a much better job with um, Julia Child because she knew who Julia Child was. I don't think Uh, anybody on that project knew who Margaret Thatcher was. They certainly weren't. They didn't have the stones to really portray. The truth about who Margaret Thatcher was, because I suppose it's a matter of opinion. Well, if it's a matter of opinion, you better address that in your movie. You can't just mellow it out. Oh, this is some doddering old lady going through all this. It's it's, it's Margaret Thatcher. It's not some doddering old lady.
2: As Mark Harris accurately said, all they said was, boy, she was really something. She stood up to the men who were sexist. I
0: know. My God. What a wasted opportunity. Meryl Streep playing Margaret Thatcher. She yeah. could have brought it if the filmmakers had had the stones, but they didn't. They wanted to tamp it down. My, The readers were mad because they had to watch Sandra Bullock <laughs> beat Meryl Streep for mm-hmm. for that year. And, and they were mad then. It was hardcore then. And I knew that it was going to be hardcore this year because they really want to see her win another Oscar. And she will win another Oscar. They say, well, when? When? If not this year, when? You'll say the same thing next year. There'll be someone else, you know.
2: If she does, uh, if they finally get around after how many years of delay of making uh, Osage County, she'll get it then for sure because it's a great part. And she smokes cigarettes throughout the entire thing, and she screams and rants, and she's just destructive and mean, and it's a great part, so...
0: Yeah, I mean I think she still has a really good chance of winning the Oscar too. I really do. I mean, okay. I don't think that those people are particularly uh mentally present as okay. to what's the the, the one thing Vi- Viola Davis has in her favor is she's so brilliant, and articulate every time she hits the mic. And if any of them stumble out of their stupor and happen to hear her, it's possible that they might say, I mean, we shouldn't kid ourselves about what the Oscars are. They're popularity contest. It's the prom. It's the homecoming dance, and it's a power play, yeah. and very rarely is it about deserving. Let's face yeah. it. So, yeah. right. why not? Why not Viola Davis? You know.
2: All right, let's do it next week. I want to talk right. to you about one thing after we shut off. But um,
0: okay, all right, I will luck. talk to you later.
2: Okay, have a nice Sunday.
0: You too. You've been listening to episode 68 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OscarPodcast. The bumper music was Love Sober by Go Ask Alice, and I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Thanks for listening.
1: So I'll go